Welcome to another episode of the X-Experts Divorce Etc. podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. And keep in mind, you can get X-Experts in your inbox by signing up for our newsletter, get the latest news and find out all about our events before anyone else, plus access special discounts and prices. Head to xexperts.com to subscribe. We're so excited for this episode of the podcast to have back with us again, Jill Sadafsky, real estate attorney here in New York, and full disclosure, my real estate attorney. She is amazing. And today she's going to talk to us all about how to cover your ass when it comes to basically first time home buying and the kinds of questions that everybody needs to know, because you could very well be finding yourself in a position now um, after dealing with your divorce that you are finding your housing situation and navigating that process on your own. So Jill, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks welcome, so much for Jill. having me. Thanks. Um, it was so much fun last time. You couldn't keep me away. Yeah. Well, glad to hear it. Um, uh-huh. So I feel like there's so much good stuff to talk about this time, but I, we always have to kind of start with like, where does someone begin? Because for someone who knows nothing about real estate and um, and wants to kind of get started, yeah. where do they start? Since different states have different laws, you might need a lawyer, you might not need a lawyer. Do you need a lawyer anyway? Where do we go? So, I mean, I think that a site like yours is actually a great first step, right? To try to like, you know, um, use people uh, in your neck of the woods who are going through the same thing that you're about to embark on um, to get a little bit of guidance, right? And kind of a, a leg up to get started. Um, but I think it's never a bad idea, word of mouth, talk to people who have gone through the process um, of, of just recently purchasing or selling. Um, you know, is their attorney memorable? Is it someone whose name they remember? Um, I just had a client call me today and say that he asked a bunch of his friends and they couldn't remember who the person was they used. And then his agent was like, I just used Jill. She was fantastic. You, you know, call her. And so he was really excited. And, but that's what you have to do. You have to utilize the people around you um, to get started, right? And, um, and always you know, get a few options, right? It's just kind of like a doctor, right? You always wanna make sure that um, you talk to a few people. Some people are gonna be uh, meshing really well with you. You'll vibe with their energy, their personality. Some people won't. Um, some people have a preference for a man or a woman that they want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some just feel more comfortable with one over the other. Um, uh, I would say that it's really important to, to put together a good team because the, the bottom line is you're not supposed to know what you're doing. I have clients that will call me and say, as a preface to the conversation, well, I did some research, you know, I looked online to try to make me think that they're not dumb. And I say, you're not supposed to know this stuff. That's my job. You know, the, you want the person who represents you to know all that stuff. My job is to take away your headache and make the experience as streamlined and um, and as enjoyable as possible, not scary, um, but you're not supposed to know that stuff. So you have to put together your team. And so you find that one core person, whether it's depending on the state, like you said, whether it's an attorney or the real estate agent or your mortgage person, you're gonna have one person uh, that you start with that you're really comfortable with. And then you build off from that, right? If you don't have anybody that you've worked with in the past in this arena and you find a kick-ass real estate attorney that you like, that you trust, ask them, who would you recommend? Do I need a real estate agent, right? Sometimes as a buyer, I always say, get your own agent, by the way, because the buyers don't pay the real estate agent's commission, the sellers do. So there's no reason under the sun why you shouldn't have somebody that's specifically there 
to protect you, to protect your rights, to look out for your best interest and to defend you. Because sometimes when you work with, and I know my real estate agent friends are gonna kill me for saying this, but sometimes when you work with an agent who reps the seller and you're the buyer, they're, they're financially motivated to get you to stay without representation of your own because the real estate agent would get that dual commission, which is a lot more money. And they might try to sweeten the pot by saying, I'll kick in a little bit back to you from what I get to make it so that we both can prosper from this, which is completely legal, by the way. Um, and it is enticing to some buyers because they can save a little bit of money off the sticker price. But you have to remember, number one, you, you get what you pay for, right? And number two, you know, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. You know, we always want a transaction to go super smooth um, and everyone to be best friends and everyone to be excited about it and on the same page. But the truth of the matter is we're all differently motivated for even though we want the same end result, right? So the, the concern is that what if it gets to a sticky point where it's a little bit uncomfortable and you need to be a little bit more aggressive with someone you haven't been aggressive with before. Now you have somebody to step in and do that who doesn't care about you know what the other person thinks of them their right, job right. is to protect you the buyer right so you know these are things to keep in mind um but you know word of mouth is a great start a site like yours is a great start um finding that one kind of key person and build off from that and just surround yourself with good people that you connect with that you feel safe with who can guide you through the rest of the process like your job is done in essence when you put together that team and then you just kind of let them take you the rest of the way. Love it. And just so, like when I worked with you, Jessica, sorry, TH, I just wanted to okay. say that, you know, when Jessica and I first started working together, I said to her, listen, at the end of the day, she's like, what do you need from me? And I'm like, quite frankly, just do what I tell you to do and we'll be good. And that's <laughs> what happens. And it works. I like it when people, she just tells me what to do, what she needs. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, cause you're a good listener. And, <laughs> and when you have that level of trust with who you're right. dealing with. Right, right, right. hundred percent. So that kind of leads into my question. What should we be looking, first of all, why would I hire a real estate lawyer again? So can you explain that to me? And Great. also, what are you protecting me from exactly? Sure, so, okay, for starters, um, not every state uh, has a real estate attorney requirement. And I actually don't know, like in California, my job doesn't even exist, um, which I'm licensed in California, so, you know, that would maybe be a little problematic if I moved out there. But, you know, um, I don't actually know if you're even allowed to have one. I know that you don't need one in California because the agent takes on that role. But in, Cal uh, in California is very different. New York is, is, is its own entity, right? It's like no other place in the whole country. And in New York, you need a real estate attorney, 100%. And you certainly, even if the opportunity comes up, by the way, to share an attorney with somebody else, you never want to do that. There are times when I've been called and someone has said, I really like working with you. Um, I told the other side because it's a family friend who's buying it from me or who I'm selling it to uh, that you're great and they just want to use you. We think it'll be easier, faster. And I say, you can't. It's just, I'm too biased. Uh, even if you get something in writing, the only time that can be okay is if it's an actual family member and you get something signed in writing saying that everyone understands that issues can arise. Um, right. But I would never recommend it. But it makes it too muddy. It muddies the water. 100%. Yeah. And what you're talking about in terms of like what to be protected against, I mean, you know, there's just kind of that, that invisible, um, you know, uh, like monster under the bed. It's just that there's things you're not going to understand and you're not supposed to. And I'll also tell you for the attorneys that are out there listening, 
Just because you're an attorney doesn't mean you know real estate law. Just like I would never go and try to, you know, rep my, represent myself in federal litigation in a federal courthouse. You know, you shouldn't be representing yourself if the area of law you practice is not one and the same with real estate law. It will elongate the process. It will cause more problems than it's worth if you don't understand the types of contracts you're looking at. Just because you know contracts, it's not the same. They don't. Um, they don't travel over those uh, legal lines. And, you know, it's always better to have somebody who knows what they're looking for to protect you. Because although it might look super simple and very benign, you know, if the, the problems aren't with the contract as drafted, the problems are the what ifs that can happen down the line. And those little words that didn't mean anything before now come into play and the parties are trying to parse through and, and figure out, you know, what what the problems are. So when you're talking about a contract, you're talking about the contract to purchase the home. Correct. A residential contract of sale for a condo co-op or a house, specifically okay. for me in New York City, the five Okay. Okay. So you're looking at the contract. So I'm coming to buy a house. Yep. And the real estate broker gives me a contract to close the deal on the sale. Like no. really take so, me through this process. So I know what to expect. I okay. put in an offer, I got the house. Now. Okay, so you get an offer, it gets accepted and it's great if you already have your attorney lined up, if you already have your team that you can hit the ground running with already in place. It's the seller attorney's role in New York City to draft a contract, which typically is a template form with specifics that are filled in based on what's called a deal sheet that's provided from the agents that uh, work for the buyer and the seller. Um, so this is, hold on, so this is a big team. You have a selling agent, you have a buying agent. I would have you as my lawyer and then potentially the seller also. Well, they're not your team. It's not your team. Your no, team is only, team. your team is only, I, I know this and I can just say just as a lay person for people listening, if you're the buyer, the broker whose show, whose list is the listing agent for the, for the property you're looking at, they're not your person. They're okay. the seller's person. Okay. Legally, no, by the way. Jill's point earlier of it's worth it for you to, to bring in your own buyer's broker because you're not paying any commission. It's always the seller that's paying the commission. So if you come in with your own broker, that person is going to help you negotiate the best price because the house could be listed for $100,000 and the seller's broker is telling you what a great deal that is because they represent the seller. But if you have your own broker, your own broker may say to you, yeah, it's fine, but we can get it for 90,000. So you need someone who's on your side to okay. kind of be looking out for your best interests. Right. But with regards to a lawyer, it's the same thing. Like you want someone, just like you would wanna have your own divorce lawyer, you wanna have your own real estate lawyer. You don't wanna be using whoever the seller is using. Cause again, you wanna be someone who's looking out for your best interest. And I just wanna bring up like a quick personal uh, anecdote which is in a deal that Jill and I were doing and, and uh, I was selling an apartment. And in New York city, the way it works out is like your lighting fixtures are included with your, with the sale of the property, Crazy. unless you like specify otherwise in advance. And I'd had a casual conversation with the buyer and their agent previously. And they had assured me that they did not want or need any of the lighting fixtures. 
but I didn't know where we were going yet. So I didn't like write into the contract which specific fixtures I wanted. I was pretty comfortable with the idea that once I knew where we were going, I could go back and say, okay, these are the ones I wanted. And in fact, when I went back and said, these are the ones I wanted, I was told at that point by the sellers, uh, by the buyers and their attorney and their broker that I, as the seller had not written it into the contract. And now I was no longer entitled to any of the lighting fixtures unless I wanted to buy them back from the buyer of my own apartment. And so that was a situation where Jill was able to talk me off the ledge because your gut instinct is like, up yours, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing it. And Jill is like, you know, you want a lawyer who's gonna be like, look, let's look at the bigger picture. How much did the lighting fixtures cost you? How much are they gonna cost you to replace? This is where we are with it. Let me try to go back to their lawyer and let me try to negotiate this point for you because you're all like in a huff. So it's important to have people on your side that are gonna be able to see through the fog and the steam and be able to help you handle it in a reasonable manner when you're like all bent out of shape with things. Right, so a lawyer has no emotional connection. Same thing as with divorce. So whoever you're hiring is keeping you even. So I go, I buy the house, I have a, a broker representing me as I come to buy you my should. home. You should. And then the next step is I hire Jill to right. review the contract because the broker doesn't necessarily have the right skill set. Right. In some that. places, that's, that's true. true. In some right. places, that's true. Okay. And the other okay. thing is like with, with freestanding houses that you're buying in any other state, there's always going to be some kind of an inspection process. Like you need a lawyer like Jill, who's going to be able to say to you, well, this is what standard practice in terms of the inspection. This is what's allowable. This is what's okay. This is what makes me uncomfortable. If you're enjoying our Divorce Etc. podcast, be sure and subscribe to our newsletter to get X experts in your inbox. It's free and includes tips from real life experts who've been through it, telling you what they wish they knew. You'll also hear about our upcoming episodes and Q&As with our experts. Plus, you'll find out about our upcoming events before anyone else and get access to discounts and preferred pricing. You can sign up at www.exexperts.com. Are you thinking about dating again after divorce but have no idea where to start? Maybe you need a little self-esteem boost or brush up on your conversation skills. Are you overwhelmed by all the new dating apps and crazy jargon? If the answers are yes, then let relationship expert and dating coach Jennifer Hurwitz be your thinking partner, your cheerleader, and unbiased opinion when you need one. Divorced herself, Jennifer also survived the dreary dating waters, and so can you. It's her job to set you up for success, help you gain the confidence you need to attract the partner you deserve. If you're open to making positive changes and starting on your journey to finding love, book a free clarity call with Jen today on her website, jenniferhurvitz.com. And if you mention the ex-experts, you'll receive a special discount. Jessica, let me also just jump in with what you just said there. So this is very interesting because I work with a lot of uh, buyers that are coming from other states and in other states, obviously it's very different. So I have clients that I just got into contract uh, that were from like Pennsylvania. And I believe in Pennsylvania, you actually have a certain amount of time after you get into contract to do your inspection period. And if things just aren't um, up to snuff basically, and it's a reasonable um, uh, reasonable uh, reaction, then you can basically get out of that contract um, because of those items. 
And so I went through an entire process with my clients and, and also to your point, Jessica, where you had said that um, you need an attorney that is, can remain level-headed and also kind of like TH was saying, kind of be um, not really emotionally invested. You also want uh, clients that can hear what you're saying. And sometimes, especially if you've got clients coming through this site where you've had a really emotional kind of upheaval uh, recently, it's hard sometimes to hear what people are saying because there's so much else going on with you. Right. Um, but it's really important that if you do put together your team that you are able to stand back and listen to what they say. Because my clients were not in a place to hear me and I was explaining about the whole inspection process and how you as a buyer, the most say you have is pre-contract. Once you're in contract, I'm so sorry. Once you're in contract, um, there's literally no opportunity to uh, go and change it because the seller has no incentive at that point. Why would they? They're already locked into a contract with you. Why in the world would they want to change something, give you money back on something that you didn't plan ahead for? So we got through the entire contract process. And then at the, in the 11th hour, I again said, because the question she was asking, are you sure you don't want to have an inspection done? And at that point, she heard me for the first time. And she said, well, what do you mean? Like, we just do the inspection after we're in contract. And I was like, no, that's not how it works. And unfortunately, although it did delay things dramatically, fortunately for her, we were able to get her in with an inspection person and, you know, an, an, an engineer of sorts to, to check out those things. So when you come into the picture, does my broker basically step out of the picture? No. No, so that's why it's a team. They're working off of each other. So what happens, this is how it happens. Your agent says, typically for me, because even though I get a lot of referrals, a lot of my deals are from agents that I've worked with in the past that um, you know, just kind of keep some, sending me clients to, to talk to and see if they're comfortable working with me. Mm -hmm. So I get, I get a referral of a client. I talk to them. We decide, hey, we want to work together, right? Because it's a two-way street because I might talk to the client and realize I'm not the right fit for them. I, I might feel from that conversation that I'm not the best one for them, right? So let's say we decide we wanna to work together. At that point, the agent submits the deal sheet and then the agent is not done with their job. The agent is kind of on standby waiting for me to go over the contract. The, then I tell the client, look, it's time to schedule your inspection. Usually the agents have already told them that and they might even have already scheduled it before they come to me, but the agent's gonna be there with them, going through the inspection with them, telling me what items came from the inspection that they want to insert in the contract, maybe an outlet didn't work, maybe uh, there's okay. termite damage, whatever it is, then those items now need to be worked out. So it's great if you're working with an agent and an attorney who have a relationship, because I talk to my agents all the time and they're very open and communicative. Um, sometimes attorneys don't like to talk to agents. So, you know, you need to find ones that, that, that can, because it's only cutting off your nose to spite your face if you've got team members that aren't really talking to each other. Okay. Once, once those items are addressed and that inspection is done, now I'm reviewing all that due diligence with my clients, whether it's a condo co-op or house. I'm going over everything with them, getting them to a point where they're going to wire the money. In COVID, we're wiring now. We're not really sending checks. Um, and uh, sign a contract, which can be done electronically. I rarely meet my clients these days. I talk to them on the phone a ton, but I rarely meet them. Um, they sign a contract, we send it over to the seller. The seller's attorney then gets the sellers to go over it to sign, send it back to me. We're now officially in contract. At that point, if my buyers are all cash, 
then we would just proceed depending on whether or not they're buying a condo or co-op or a house with any board package or whatever else they need to do. And there's specific steps and rules relating to those and timelines, depending mm -hmm. on what the property is you're buying. Mm -hmm. But if you're buying with financing, with a mortgage, which is most of my clients are doing, then the next step is for me to give the bank uh, the contract. So the client, the buyer is going to give me their contact info. And, and if I can just sidestep for a second, when you're talking about mortgages, I do want to make a note. It is super important to try to use a mortgage person in the state in which you're buying the property. Yes. I have a lot of clients that will call me from coming from California, say just, I'm using that as an example, and they're buying a property in New York, but they want to use their mortgage guy or gal from California because they're going to save a couple hundred dollars. They're willing to give them some sort of like a discount. The problem is that like, let's say hypothetically, you're buying a co-op in the city. Um, California people don't know what a co-op is. I can't even tell you how many times I've spent hours on the phone with bankers in California trying to explain to them what a co-op is and what they can and can't get from management. It's exhausting. It's delaying the transaction. The and it will, money. Yeah, it's going to cost you more money than you can quote unquote save. Ask your team, who do you recommend? Talk to a few people. It's also important to know, by the way, this actually came up today in another conversation for me. As an attorney, I do not get kickbacks. I don't get a kickback from using a title company. I don't get a kickback from going with an attorney or an agent on the other side. I do not get kickbacks. If your attorney gets kickbacks, that is the wrong attorney for you to use. It is not legal, okay? I am not financially invested in anybody that I choose to connect you with. I am emotionally invested in those people because it will make all of our lives easier if we have people that know what they're doing and can walk us through and who are really good at their jobs, but that's as invested as I get. That's so a great, that's really important because that, it really is. Money, you, I would think is just wherever, you know, your credit's your credit. It's also, but, but it just goes to the point. I mean, I think with anything in life, if you're working on some kind of a project, maybe you're maybe you own your house and you're going to be renovating, right. And you need right. an architect and then you need a contractor and then you need your interior designer you're going to be better off if all of those three people and their teams can all work together cohesively. So right. getting recommendations from your friends to start your process is totally important and valid. But once you kind of choose your main person, it might really benefit you more to then take some of their recommendations from people that they've already worked with and know, yeah. you know that they can get the information that they need. I mean, one of the things that's been great I feel like this is like a plug for Jill's business, but one of the things that I've loved on the deals that I've worked with Jill on is honestly, is like, I don't have to worry about whether or not she's taking care of her end of the deal. You know what I mean? Like we had actually a problem recently with, with um, something with the co-op from the deal sheet, not translating correctly into the contract. And like it then dominoes into the, the bank needs to know and other paperwork needs to be changed. It's like, I literally didn't even have to give two thoughts to that because Jill was like, 10 steps ahead, like emailing the other attorney with me CC'd saying, here's what we're going to do. And then I need this to be able to send to the bank. Like you need people on your team that you can rely yeah. on and that they know yeah. that they can rely on. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So, this is, I mean, I learned a lot. <laughs> it's like, I mean, Good. I, I yeah. will say as someone who not on the legal side of things, but on the personal thought side of things, I've been involved with dozens and dozens and dozens of real estate transactions as the buyer and the seller. Um, 
And there is a lot to know, but this is why it's like such a great conversation for anyone who really is coming out of a marriage and getting divorced and having to navigate this process solo. It's very yeah. scary. And the yeah. idea and what, what I really was hoping, which I do think we kind of got out of this conversation was to like, you can find someone who can help you really make it not that scary. And if you find a real estate attorney who is making you feel like you're asking too many questions or that you should know more than what you know, or that you're wasting their time, I promise you, like, that's not the lawyer for you. You need someone who's going to be willing to take the time to hold your hand if you need it and walk you through the process, because that's the only way you're assured to know that, like, you're covered in every circumstance. You need an attorney, quite frankly, that's going to look at you as if they're standing in your shoes as the buyer. You know, like I, I'm super transparent with my clients, but I also, I also feel like what if I was in their shoes with the questions that they're asking? And that's how I can gauge because I am high anxiety and I do pay crazy attention to detail. And so I can sense that from my clients. And so, you know, sometimes as you know, there's a reason that attorneys are also called counselors, right? Because, you know, you know, we're there for our clients, like, you know, emotionally, not just for the transaction, but I can sense when my clients are stressed out, if they're anxious or they're nervous or they're feeling um, pushed around or um, rushed. And so, you know, I am not financially invested in the outcome of a transaction because I get paid, uh, which I can talk to more my, with my clients, but I have a dead deal fee. If my deal doesn't die, there's a certain amount that I get paid um, specifically to avoid situations in which I'm so financially invested that I want to force the sale to go forward. So for me, at the end of the day, if I'm getting paid regardless, one fee or another, I just want you to be happy. I don't care what the outcome is. As long as it's the outcome you want, I'm good. Right. I would say that from what you're both saying, it just reminds me of the reasons why you got a divorce, right? You don't want to get into a new relationship with someone you're paying who makes you feel like the person you just divorced made you feel. Right. So get rid of that feeling in your life and find someone who doesn't like all the stuff you're saying, I'm like, oh, that sounds like, you know, another time. So just move forward, find someone you trust, find someone recommended and work with their team. So on that note, Jill, for people who want to reach out to you directly and get more information, I mean, look, everyone needs to know Jill's licensed in New York and California. So if you are buying property in Connecticut, she's not the girl for you. New um, York State or New, New York, York City? State. New York State, New York okay. State. So for anyone who wants to reach out to you directly and get any kind of advice or, um, or ask any questions, what are the best ways for them to find you? Um, they can check out my website, which is sadaskylaw.com. And it's uh, soda, F like Frank Sky is the best way to remember spelling my name. Um, or they can email me or phone me, which are the actual, the two best ways, which is jill at sadaskylaw.com or uh, my phone, uh, 646-872-0553. And I just want to say one last thing um, that even if, it, when you put together a good team, like it's really important to understand. Uh, and I learned this the first year that I was doing real estate law is that you're never done with a transaction or a client when the deal is terminated. You're just not, um, you're always going to have your clients hopefully reaching out to you. Um, and I like to be a one-stop shop for, for my people. So if you ever do have a question about something or you need guidance, 
and you felt a connection with me through this, or you know, you looked at my site and you felt like I might be a good source of information, you can always reach out. Even if I don't end up representing you, I can certainly put you in touch with someone or give you some ideas as to like where to get started so that it's a little bit less overwhelming. That's amazing. And that's why we love you. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jill. Um, Thanks for having we have me. More, always more to talk about, but uh, but for today, I think that was just a great like you know amount of information and so helpful. And um, thank you so much for being with us again. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure always. Thank you. For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all who would benefit from what we've talked about today, please share this episode and everything X Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe, rate, and review our Divorce Etc. podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media at X Experts on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. You can also find so much more, including articles and even the podcast transcripts on our website at www.exexperts.com. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter now. When you get X-Experts in your inbox, you're the first to hear about all of our happenings at events, plus access special discounts and prices. Thanks for listening.